Hello, Kira. Hello, Megan. How are you? Good. Do you have a palate cleanser for us I today? I do. <laughs> I got so many messages from people. My friend Becky texted me last night in all caps, and she was like, Megan, I did not heed your warning. <laughs> I was like, I tried to tell you. I, you told us. You told everyone. But a lot of people who messaged me were like, I just thought it was a cannibal episode. No. And I'm like, you know... I mean, I did say this is like the most disturbing story we've ever yeah. done, but I don't know if I made it clear. Right. You didn't say that loud enough. Right. Right. So that's on me. You guys. Also, and coming back to the comments, how many Swedish cannibals are there? No, in the Facebook group. So what? I was like, you said Swedish cannibal, and I was like, which one? <laughs> Take me off this planet. Whoa. This is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. <laughs> I'm Kara. And I'm Megan. <laughs> And just so you know, we're saying this about 20 minutes into the recording, and I'm editing it and putting it in the beginning. Because <laughs> we're so good we're at great. it. Great. We've been doing this for like three years. Wow. Mm. Mm. Okay. We're professionals. <laughs> hey, real quick, while I'm thinking about it, we are not going to have a new episode next week because... Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving, and we're going to give ourselves a break. We're going to still see each other next week because yeah. we're going to record our Patreon episodes, but we're not going to have a new episode on friday so right. just so y'all know don't worry when there's not a new episode yeah nothing happened it's just thanksgiving and we have chaos happening <laughs> okay is there anything else we need to tell people oh i noticed that if you have christmas gifts you want to get from our podcast store you have to order them by december 8th through 10th okay in order to get them by for christmas, christmas gifts yeah okay so my episode this week uh-huh I decided for our palate cleanser, uh -huh. I was going to go back to the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, yay. Oh, and I mean, not yay, but right. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> well, they're always just interesting stories, I feel like. Yeah. And it's been longer than I even realized since I, you know, I initially started out, I wanted to tell the stories of all of those women. Right. And I got through three episodes of that series and then I stopped <laughs> and I got sidetracked. And now we're going to go back. Here so, we are. This is the fourth installment in the series of telling all the stories of the women who died in the Salem Witch Trials. And so I've got the stories of three more women today, and all of them were hanged on July 19th, 1692. Oh, okay. Okay. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Just a little while ago. We're going to start with Susanna Martin. She was born Susanna North in 1621 in Buckinghamshire, England. Mm -hmm. 18 years later, she crossed the pond with her father and stepmother and settled in mm -hmm. Salisbury, Oh, perfect. Salisbury. Yeah. Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Just like the snake. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was 1639, which made the North family some of the earliest settlers of Salisbury. Oh, wow. She got married a few years later in 1646 to a blacksmith named George Martin, and she took his last name. Okay. She had eight children. They had eight children together. Right. She birthed eight children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And moved to a town nearby, Amesbury. Which was about 30 miles north of Salem. Good. That one's a little easier to pronounce. It sure is. Mm -hmm. I don't think they had stakes there, actually. No, they didn't. No. <laughs> now, if, if you look through if you look through court records from the later half of the 1600s, you see Susanna Martin's name a lot. Oh. Like many of the other accused witches we've discussed on this podcast in regard to the Salem Witch Trials, mm -hmm. Susanna was viewed as a troublemaker. Oh, and by that, I mean, she was a woman who wasn't demure, and she was not a people pleaser, oh. so she clearly had to be stopped. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's put an end to that. Mm -hmm. How dare she? 
She was accused of witchcraft twice before 1692. In the first case, a man accused her of tormenting his wife with her spirit. These charges were eventually dropped. In the second case, a man said that he witnessed Susanna give birth to and then kill an illegitimate baby. And this time, Susanna's husband, George, sued the accuser for slander. I love it when this happens, when the husband steps Mm -hmm. up and he's like, you're crazy. Absolutely not. Yeah. The court decided that this guy was liable for slander in accusing Susanna of fornication and infanticide. Oh. Infanticide. Infanticide. Yeah. But not for the witchcraft accusations. Oh. Which is weird. That's really weird. He's like, you didn't do this. Like, that part's slander, but this part's not. Yeah. But then the charges were eventually dropped anyway, so it, okay. it was all, didn't matter. Huh. Then George Martin died oh. in 1686, which left Susanna poor mm-hmm. and without the protection of her husband. Oh, no. So when she was accused of witchcraft in 1692, they there said, was yeah, let's... no one to protect mm-hmm. her. There was nobody to fight for her. So it didn't help. That she kind of knew that people thought she was a witch. Oh, no. And sometimes she played into it. Oh, no. <laughs> to get people to leave her alone, <laughs> which I would a thousand yeah. percent do. Yeah. I, she like, she kind of liked to scare people. Mm-hmm. She was just like, you know what? If you think I'm a witch, I will play You should see role. my cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want, she didn't care if people liked her. She was kind of a loner. So she was just like, whatever, I'm it's a witch. Fine. You want to call me a yeah. witch? I'll be a witch. Yeah. Oh. This time... She was accused by some girls from Salem. Of course she was. Where, as you may have noticed, Susanna didn't even live. Right. And she was accused by the usual crowd. Mary Mm -hmm. Walcott, Abigail Williams, Ann Putnam Jr., and Mercy Lewis. I know we've heard of Abigail Williams and Ann Putnam Jr. Mm -hmm. before, but I'm not sure about the others. So real quick, let me introduce them to you. Mercy Lewis was 19 years old. Her whole family was killed, and she was sent to be a servant in the house of Thomas Putnam. Mm -hmm. And then Mary Walcott was Anne Putnam's cousin. So they're all connected Mm -hmm. still to that same family. Historians have suggested that when it came to the accused witches in Salem, these girls sometimes accused people they knew. And sometimes they just accused people who already had a reputation. So since Susanna Martin had already been accused of being a witch in the past, Mm -hmm. she seems to fall into that latter group. It didn't matter that the girls didn't know her. Yeah. She'd already had this reputation. She'd been repeatedly accused of being a witch by her neighbors. So why not drag her right, into exactly. the Salem witch trials too? Because she, you know, daddy didn't raise those girls to be like, hey, if you see a witch, God, speak up. Kills me. She was arrested on May 2nd and brought to Salem Village. They questioned her and twice she went under a physical examination during which they were trying to locate a witch's teat oh my gosh. that prosecutors believed were used by witches to feed their familiars. Oh, my gosh. They didn't find a witch's teat, obviously. But one examiner noted that in the morning, her nipples were found to be full as if milk would come. But later in the day, her breasts were slack as if the milk had been given to someone or something. Huh? I'm like, quit looking at her boobs so much. Get just what? off. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the court records from Susanna's trial were lost. However, Cotton Mather, who you've probably heard of, he's a well-known minister from this time, mm-hmm. documented her trial himself. Oh. So I'll give you a little bit of his rendition. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be able, I don't think, to say <laughs> it like exactly like they did because it's just hear too hard ye, to speak this way. <laughs> yeah. 
So the magistrate says to the afflicted girls, do you know this woman? And Abigail Williams is like, it's Goody Martin. She has hurt me often. Oh, my gosh. And the others were having these fits, which kept Mm -hmm. them from being able to speak. Elizabeth Hubbard was like, she has never hurt me. And then Anne Putnam throws her glove at her, like having a fit. And when she does that, Susanna Martin laughs. Because she's just like, this is absurd. You're crazy. Yeah. And the magistrate looks at Susanna and he's like, why are you laughing? And she goes, well, I may at such folly. Because she's just like, of course I'm laughing. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And the magistrate's like, why do you think this is like, what's so funny? You're hurting. Like these people are in pain. And Mercy Lewis goes, she has hurt me a great many times. She has Mm. pulled me down. And Susanna starts laughing again. Judges think it's hilarious. Like Susanna just can't help but laugh. Yeah. And Mary Walcott says, this woman's hurt me a great many times, too. Oh, she did. And then other people are like, yep, she hurts me. Yep, here she is. Yeah. And the magistrate looks at Susanna and says, what do you have to say to this? Mm -hmm. And Susanna says, I have no hand in witchcraft. Right. And the magistrate says, what did you do? Did you not give your consent? What ails these people? And Susanna says, I do not know. And then magistrate says, but what do you think? (laughs) like (laughs) oh i don't know right and so she goes i do not desire to spend my judgment upon it but he says do you not think they are bewitched and she says no i don't think they are he says tell me your thoughts about them oh my god like well then there's no answer she can give start some drama here right yeah there's nothing she can say yeah if she were to give an answer it would be like well how do you know that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like there's nothing she can say that's going to help Mm -hmm. her and so during her trial, she was asked to quote the Bible, which she shouldn't have been able to do if she was a witch. Right. But she was able to do it. She quoted it just fine from memory. 24 people testified against her, accusing her of all sorts of things. Oh, my gosh. They said that she participated in satanic rituals. One man said she'd driven her wife insane, when <laughs> probably he had just driven yeah, his exactly. wife insane. She'd killed some cows, all the usual things. Oh, yeah, yeah. The land is dried up. Right. I mean, the typical crops didn't happen. It's all her. Yeah, the rain. Susanna, of course, denied all of this. Maybe, she said, her accusers were under the influence of Satan, which (laughs) I just love that. That's (laughs) amazing. Maybe all of you all are the bad guys, which of course they are. Yeah. Despite the lack of evidence, Susanna was found guilty of witchcraft and hanged at Proctor's Ledge near Gallows Hill on July 19th. This was the same day that Rebecca Nurse and Sarah Good, who we already discussed mm-hmm. in episodes 210 and 207, respectively, as well as Elizabeth Howe and Sarah Wilds, whose stories we haven't told yet, but I'm getting ready to tell you today. Mm-hmm. Susanna was buried in a shallow grave near the execution site. But since the exact location of the executions has never been found, we don't exactly know where okay. that burial site is. Residents of the town of Amesbury later placed a stone marker near Susanna and George Martin's home that read, Here stood the house of Susanna Martin, an honest, hardworking Christian oh, woman what? accused of being a witch and executed at Salem, July 19, 1692. She will be missed, a martyr of superstition, TIA 1894. Oh, wow. In 1711, the Massachusetts legislature passed a resolution clearing the names of the convicted witches and offered financial restitution to their descendants. Susanna Martin's family chose not to be named in the law and didn't seek restitution. Oh, wow. One of the other women hanged that day was Elizabeth Howe. So let's talk about her story. Yeah. 
Elizabeth Howe was born Elizabeth Jackson on May 14, 1637, near Rowley, Yorkshire. But at the time she was accused of witchcraft, she was living in Topsfield, Massachusetts, okay. married to James Howe and the mother of six children, James, Elizabeth, Mary, Deborah, John, and Abigail. And for whatever reason, like a lot of these women were mothers, but for some reason, when I read this one and their names, it just really struck me mm-hmm. what it must have been like to be the child of one of the women who was accused. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what that must have felt like. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Just how scary. Yeah. You never know who's going. Of course, these were some of the very first women. Because July 19th, like, these were some, like, Bridget Bishop was the very first one mm-hmm. to die. But, like, July 19th was the next round. And I just think they may not have realized how scary it was going to be yeah. yet. Although the witchcraft hysteria was in full swing. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, gosh, it just had to have been so wild to be like my mom's a witch like why is yeah, everybody wait, saying what's this about my mom yeah. like i know how good my mom yeah. is you know topsfield was a deeply pious puritan community oh, we would have fit in real well there was. they would have loved us <laughs> we'd be hanging <laughs> with everybody else they had a firm belief in the devil they thought he was an enemy not only to the world in general oh. but specifically to puritans oh really they huh. thought it was everyone's, like, individual duty mm. to fight against him. Oh, wow. When James, Elizabeth's husband, was 50, he lost his eyesight. Oh, no. So once he was blind, Elizabeth had to take over more responsibilities. Right. She became more of the head of the household, managing the home and also managing the farm. Okay. And basically, she had this level of responsibility beyond what was considered mm-hmm. acceptable for Puritan housewives. Yeah. Which is like... What else was she supposed to do? Right, exactly. Just let everything right. go away. Like but that. this could have been what made her kind of a target for witchcract oh ac- accusations. I mean, it couldn't have helped. No. Right. Right. So there's too was... masculine of her. Right. How dare she? But she was just helping her husband, mm-hmm. which is also what wives were supposed, were supposed to do. To do. Yeah. Right. She can't win. No. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge NCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is 
intense. It's wild. Like, I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay, so it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. Nice. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. There was this long-standing feud between Elizabeth and her neighbors, Samuel and Ruth Purley. Ruth's brother had married Elizabeth's sister, so they were sort of related. Okay. The Purleys had a daughter, 10-year-old Hannah, who accused Elizabeth of afflicting her. Oh, my gosh. Hannah would fall into fits and complain of being pricked by pins and blame it on Elizabeth. And at first, the young girl's family didn't believe the accusations, and it went on for years. Mm -hmm. They took her to several doctors who said the girl was under an evil hand. That was like their official diagnosis. Well, she's under an evil hand. Oh, no. (laughs) A local reverend visited Hannah while she was sick and later testified that Hannah screamed that Elizabeth was in the room like a specter and going in and out of an oven. Hannah eventually died of whatever this affliction was. It sounded like she wasted away. Mm -hmm. Like all the articles said she pined away to skin and bones. Oh, gosh. So I don't know what she had. had, She was very sick. Yeah. Ten years later. Some girls from Salem came Aww. forward and accused Elizabeth of afflicting them as well. Oh and gosh. again, these names are going to sound familiar. Mercy Lewis, Mary Walcott, Anne Putnam Jr., Abigail Williams, and one new name, Mary Warren. She was 21 when the trials began, and she was a servant of John mm-hmm. Proctor in Salem. A warrant was issued for Elizabeth's arrest on May 28, 1692. She was imprisoned, and her family walked miles twice a week to visit her and brought her food and gifts for comfort. So unlike some of the witches we've discussed, Elizabeth had a lot of friends and family Mm -hmm. who supported her. Yeah. When she was brought in for examination, Mercy Lewis and Mary Walcott, her two main accusers, fell into a fit. Oh, of course they (laughs) did. Like she walks in and they just collapse. Of course. Mary accused her of pinching and choking her. What? And Anne Putnam said that Elizabeth had hurt her three times. (laughs) Elizabeth responded, If it was the last moment I was to live, God knows I am innocent of anything of this nature. Hmm. Elizabeth's 94-year-old father-in-law spoke in her defense, 
saying that she was a loving, obedient, and kind person who looked after his blind son and their children. Yeah. Like, what are you all doing here? Several of her neighbors who had known Elizabeth for over 20 years also testified on her behalf, saying that her words and actions always fit those of a good Christian woman. Yeah. Two couples said they had never heard her speak against those who were accusing her. Like, even though they were accusing Mm -hmm. her, she still maintained this good Christian attitude and didn't speak ill of them. Oh, well. And they had heard her say, quote, Indeed, I pray that God would forgive them, for they harmed themselves more than me. So she wasn't running around yelling snitches, get stitches, (laughs) protect these witches. She is a much better person than I am. (laughs) As we know, none of this mattered because she was found guilty and hanged, as I already told you, on July 19th, 1692. Oh, my gosh. And now let's talk about the last woman who was hanged that day, Sarah Wilds. Sarah was 65 years old when she died. She wasn't the oldest because that was Rebecca Mm -hmm. Nurse who also was hanged the same day. We already talked about Mm -hmm. her. Sarah had had previous issues with the Putnam family. And from what I've read, that was a big risk factor when it came to being an accused witch in Salem. That's so crazy. When Sarah was 10 years old, she had migrated with her parents from England to Ipswich, Massachusetts in 1637. When she got older, she married a widower named John Wilds. He had eight children of his own. Oh. And then he and Sarah had a son together, Ephraim. John was a well-liked, influential member of the community, holding several different positions in the town government. Sarah was known for being glamorous and forward. Oh. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. That's Don't do that already, in the 1600s. She's already. <laughs> yeah. You would danger, no-no. girl. It's <laughs> a big no-no. I already told you earlier that Ipswich was known for being like super mm-hmm. Puritan. Yeah. So being glamorous was already bad. You don't do and that. And being forward is super mm-hmm. bad. As she a probably woman. liked bright colors and stuff yeah. too. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> in November of 1649, this was before she'd married John. She had been whipped for fornication, which oh. is having sex outside of marriage. Oh, And then in May 1663, prepare yourself, Mm -hmm. she was charged Mm -hmm. with wearing a silk scarf. Stop it. How scandalous. You guys, I should have had a trigger warning for that. Yeah, whoa. I hope your children weren't listening. Whoa. (laughs) A silk scarf. Can you imagine what her ankles looked like? (laughs) And her wrists. Oh, my gosh. Do you think her earlobes were out? Oh, my gosh. The silk scarf. Mm. Heaven forbid. And then mm-hmm. when she and John got married, um, it was about seven months after John's first wife had died, which made John's former in-laws mad. And John's former in-laws were the Gould family. Mm. If that name rings a bell, it mm-hmm. did for me, too, because I remembered not having any idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> I knew I had read about them before. Yeah. When it came to the Salem Witch Trial. So I had to go back through the research I'd done for other episodes. I talked about them in the Town Sisters episode yep. 210. They just also have a history of accusing witch haters. They were witch people haters. they don't like of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they're related mm-hmm. to the Putnams. Yeah. I don't think I realized that when I did the other episode that these two families it's ridiculous. Are, fa- are related. Yeah. So annoying yeah (laughs) like this is just what they do how do they live with themselves oh seems like easily because they were in charge john wilde's ex-sister-in-law started spreading rumors that sarah was a witch oh how fun just because she didn't like her that's just what she did wow 
And then John was like, I'm going to sue you for slander. Oh. And so she stopped. Oh. But you know how that goes. Once mm-hmm. those rumors are out there, it's, it's hard to unring that wildfire. Bell. Yeah. And then there are a bunch of stories like these guys went to the Wilds house to borrow a scythe, which is this like a cutting mm-hmm. tool. And Sarah said they didn't have one. Now, they did have one, but her husband wasn't home. And maybe mm-hmm. she just didn't want to deal with these men. Right. But the guys saw that she had one and took it anyway against her protests. Mm -hmm. So they used the scythe to cut their hay. And then they had a series of mishaps with their cart and oxen, which they blamed on Sarah. Oh, of course they did. I love, I don't love this at all, that these men stole this tool from her. Mm -hmm. But somehow this story comes back to be a bad thing against Sarah. Yeah, they're the victims now. You all stole it. Yeah. No, How karma's, are you the, karma's coming back guy. at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve whatever mishaps yeah. happen. Right. But somehow now this is a witchcraft story. Mm-hmm. Like, you're being jerks. Yeah. <laughs> She's so annoyed. Another man said that Sarah had bought a beehive from him, and then he lost most of his livestock and geese and cattle. Like, there she was bought no- it from you. She what? didn't steal it from you. She didn't hex you because you didn't sell her the right one. Right. There was no. She literally bought a beehive from you. Why are these things connected? How, yeah. How do you get that? I read from that the story a few times and I was like, I don't understand. I don't get that. So anyway, Sarah ends up arrested for witchcraft on April 21st, 1692, arrested along with many others on, quote, high suspicion of witchcraft. Oh, my gosh. Her son Ephraim was a constable at this point, oh, and no. he had had to arrest several of these women. And one of the women he arrested, her name was Deliverance Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine your name being Deliverance? Mm-hmm. Now, Deliverance made a jailhouse confession and implicated Sarah Wilds as a witch. Ephraim said that he thought Deliverance did this as retaliation because, because he, he had one. arrested her. Yeah. So Sarah's examination began the next day. And when it began, This girl named Sarah Bibber started having a fit. Of course. Saying that she saw Sarah Wilde's specter. And then Anne Putnam Jr. joins in. I swear. It's like she cannot stop talking. Saying that she had witnessed. What is it that the kids say now? She's a pick me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She is the biggest pick me of all the Salem Witch Trials. You know that she's the only one. Of all of them, Ann Putnam Jr. is the only one that ever came forward and apologized, Mm -hmm. which is like too little too late. Right, exactly. Do you know how much torment you put these families through? I mean, I guess it's something Something, that she at least admitted yeah, and maybe felt bad for it, but it still makes me angry. Oh, I know. Her name makes me angry. Yeah. But of course, I have to think she's a child under Uh the influence of adults. Right, exactly. And that whole family makes me angry. Right. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Ann Putnam Jr. joins in saying that she had witnessed the torture of Mary Walcott, Mercy Lewis, and Abigail Williams. There was no evidence, mm-hmm. but who cares? Right. Who yeah, cares they didn't matters? need any. Ephraim testified on behalf of his mother saying he had never seen her hurt anyone and that she had always taught him to be a good Christian. He and his father both testified about the ulterior motives of the Gold family. Sarah, of course, said that she was innocent and that she had never even seen any of these girls before that were accusing her, which was probably true. Yeah. But again, who cares? say that they they are afflicted by her. So what? It's the Salem witch trials. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. So crazy. 
those old witchcraft rumors from the Gold family came up again. And there was also some stuff that came up about one of John's sons, who was Sarah's stepson. He was known for some strange behavior. He probably had some sort of mental illness or disability. But in those days, of course, this was like, oh, he's possessed by the devil. (laughs) And this ended up being something that was used against her. Like it was evidence of her being a witch. But that's not even her, like, blood-born child. I like that you think this matters. <laughs> right, exactly. Sorry, this sorry, sorry. Matter. I didn't even think about it's that. It's to save much trials. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. And then that one woman, Deliverance Hobbs, goes mm-hmm. on trial. And during her trial, she said that Sarah's apparition had torn her to shreds as oh, she lay in her bed. Really? And then... You the, wish. <laughs> and you liked it. <laughs> And that Sarah had recruited her to attend a black mass and had offered to stop tormenting her if she signed the devil's book. Oh. I looked it up. Deliverance Hobbs isn't on the list of women who died in the trials. So I guess this worked Mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. Of course, it didn't work out for Sarah. She was tried on June 30th, 1692, found guilty. And as you know, hanged Mm -hmm. on July 19th. It's craziness. Of course, I'm... I say that about Deliverance Hobbs, where I'm like, glad this worked for you. Mm -hmm. At the same time, do you ever think about, I admire the women who didn't throw other women under the bus. Right, for sure. In the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. But you're just reaching. You're just reaching for answers. You're just trying to figure out what answers they're going to accept to make you not guilty. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to die no especially if you have kids there exactly you're looking at your kids thinking mm-hmm. what can i do what's gonna save my kids too because what it what if you don't know what's gonna happen to your kids afterwards yeah what if you're a single mom yeah and if you you know if you die your kids are left with mm-hmm. what and not only that you died a witch and now your kids have to mm-hmm. live with that legacy yeah i want to believe that i would not have done what deliverance did I oh, I probably that. would have just acted like a witch. It would have been, you all are going to hang me anyways. I'm going to act ridiculous. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to hex all thing, of right? you all. Like, I think I probably would have been smart enough to realize that, like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what I do. They've decided mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Probably, especially toward the end of the trials. Yeah. If you've been paying attention, you've, you've right, noticed. Exactly. Like, Nobody's listening to a thing you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. Once you're accused, that's really all that mm-hmm. matters. And this is the same group of girls that's accusing everybody else and all those other people are already yeah. convicted. I would have beat the crap out of Ann Putnam Jr. at the oh first opportunity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jumped across that oh, man. podium. And yeah, because it doesn't matter at that point. Oh, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. If you listen on Spotify, there's like a place you can interact. There's questions on there mm-hmm. where you can put in answers. And that's going to be the question on this one. What would you have done? If you were an accused witch. Yeah. And if you're on Patreon too, or the Facebook page, like hop on there, tell Leave us. Leave a comment. Because yeah. it is like, it's, it's such a complicated question. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be the awful person who mm-hmm. like throws somebody under the bus. Right. But on the other hand, like I can understand why some of the women mm-hmm. did. Yeah. They're just it's easy in hindsight here. to be like, yeah. I never would have done that. Right. But it's also like, think of the position they were in. Well, and also they're just, you know, fight or flight. Mm-hmm moment and it's just well it's just like think of the women who confessed right when you're like why on earth would you confess yeah. but like they were tortured yeah exactly or they confessed because mm-hmm. it hoping that that mm-hmm. would be the thing that got them like they were allowed to live yeah. because they confessed and sometimes that worked yeah you just never knew what was going to get you right. out of it poor things 
So that's it this week, guys. That covers, we've now discussed all of the women who were hanged on July 19th, 1692. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Like I said, there won't be a new episode next week. So if happy you, Thanksgiving. Yeah. If you are one of our American listeners and you celebrate Thanksgiving. Or if you're not and you still celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and just know that we are so, so, so thankful, thankful for, for you. you. Yeah. And you are part of our family and we love you very much. So much. Goodbye. Goodbye.